You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our coverage here of Amazing Race Australia season four. We are back despite thinking that we may not be able to record this week, but we are here because we are so committed. We have another week of Australian Discover done, two of the best episodes of the season to talk about. It had everything you wanted. It had women spitting in your face. It had elephant dung. It had um, speeding and detours and fast forwards and intersections. It had everything. Uh, I'm sure we'll both talk praise about these episodes as we get into it. I am your continued host of this, uh, despite not being Australia myself, <laughs> Rossi. And I am joined by our expert on all things Australian television, Australian culture, Mr. Jared Luby. Jared, well. Thank you. It's it's good to be back. Um, looking forward to having completely different opinions uh, about these two episodes, um, which I'm just going to say Channel 10 agreed with me because we did not get a big ad build up to either of these episodes. I think the big um, talking point was we're going to Africa uh, and they left it at that. Um, yeah, no massive um, plug, unlike the Mongolia episodes where best episode of the season. Um, we haven't seen that again yet. Are we going to get it later on? Who knows? It's even crazier knowing that the block is not on and this is one of their big shows. They've got to advertise this. True. Yeah, they did do the big push to get the blockheads on board. Um, that was part of their strategy. That seems to have dropped off a bit. Maybe they think they've got them and, and can keep them on. The numbers went up last week. Um, this week, you know, uh, steady, but then also down a bit. Um, hovering in the kind of 500,000s ranking inside the top 10. So I suppose decent um, as far as they're hoping for viewership. And we'd also like to issue a clear warning to Chris Dixon that Colin's not going to be joining us this episode. So thanks for the download. Yeah, (laughs) tune out now. Uh, He will not be making a guest appearance. So no worries. Like you don't have to stay till the end to listen and say, oh, maybe he's going to come on. He's not. So uh, it's good knowing you, Dixons, but uh, get out. <laughs> or say, uh, we would welcome more listens, but uh, if you're not interested in us, I guess, and move on. But we have, since we're well past, we're now well past halfway at this, right? You said two more weeks left? Yes. Yep. So this would be right past the halfway point, um, the first episode of the week. Yeah, we're also at halfway with the amount of teams. We have five out of the ten. Was there 10 or 11 teams? Good question. Um, <laughs> 11, wasn't it? Well, if we're at 10, we're at halfway. If we're at 11, we're past halfway. We're in the top five. Um, either way, we're in the top half of this of the season, and we got a lot more interesting dynamics going on because there's fewer people and stuff. But we have and double no we didn't go to well we weren't in zimbabwe long anyway we got two african <laughs> episodes to talk about we went back and forth and back and forth um the um root choice was definitely very interesting throughout the two episodes <laughs> let's get started though with episode seven the first of the week monday night's show uh where they get told they're going to zimbabwe but that lasts a whole of like 20 seconds because then they're going to cross the border into another country look like so but uh we had an interesting start to this one because 
Tom and Tyler ended up sleeping in late and they missed their start time, which is no uh, surprise on the Amazing Race. Teams have done that before. Teams have missed their start times. Uh, but what was weird about this is that the producers were like, uh, where are you? Like they came checking in on them, which feels like it would be a little bit against the rules, like interfering like that. Yeah. Um, just adds to the whole weirdness of their start times and like who knows how far behind they were. And was this just so uh, we don't want them to be so far behind that they missed the only flight to Zimbabwe from Mongolia that day. Um yeah, just really weird. And how, because you're so late, now you ha- you're leaving sixth, but then we see the fourth and fifth team kind of leave in the meantime. Just very um, confusing, but nice that they included. I think it's always good to see those little um, production things and because they could have edited it out because it didn't make a difference whatsoever um, with them all catching the same flight. But um, I'm glad they left it in. Yeah, I wish we would have gotten like a, like 30 minutes late or something like a, just like a time reference for how late they were like yeah because for all we know it could have been like five minutes and the other two teams like we don't have the time like you said we don't have the times when they check in or leave or whatever so like just like a t- then like oh they were late 10 minutes or like they were late an hour like either way it still like matters just to know just for the fun but it was a definitely interesting start um and then it got even more interesting as they get into Zimbabwe and um, they're greeted by someone. They didn't really articulate who she was, but this woman and these two other people that just get to get spat on by tea or water. I don't even know what the drink was, but they get spat on and get their next clue. And uh, definitely an interesting start to the episode. And from your opinion, from what you said, uh, the, the end of the good of this episode. Yeah, I feel like this was probably the highlight of this episode, definitely, maybe even the entire week. Um, disappointed that we didn't get to see the ladies spit on every single team. Um, I think it was only kind of like the first three. I think we saw like the boys, the influencers, and uh, Tim and Rod. But um, yeah, more of this throughout, I think. Um, I'm glad this is like a traditional thing. I don't know why it's not tradition all over the world. Um, but yeah, I hope that um, this comes back somehow in, in the final challenge. Uh, they have to spit on each of the countries that they visited or something like that. I think there's um, room to make a great challenge out of this in the future. Yeah, such potential uh, future detour challenge. Well, this should have been the intersection really, right? It would have been more interesting than what we got later on, yeah, I think. True. <laughs> Drink tea and spit it on the team that you're working with um, would have been a, a great challenge. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, it was just a root info task that Australia loves to have, uh, but getting spat on. Um, They get their next challenge, which is the roadblock, which is letters. Mm -hmm. What? In a different country. I'm not. What? Tell me what the They flew up in those, um, what are they even called? Those micro light things. And then to right. spot the letters on the ground. And there was all this teamwork throughout this challenge, which is horrid. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, I will say, I did talk off before we started saying that I was a bigger fan of the episodes than you were. I will say what I liked wasn't necessarily the race, but it was a lot of the conversations and the sort of dynamics we got in the episode, like the drama of it all. Like who's helping mm-hmm. who? Who's giving who 
clues, like, like who's, you know, trying to edge out the other team. Like, I like that stuff. I think that was the big highlight for me, not necessarily the challenges of the race. I just thought it was really interesting socially. And I think this is one of those times where it was really crazy to figure out what was going on. Because, uh, like, at this point, you have, you know, Tim and Rod go up, but they miss a letter, or well, whoever goes up, I don't remember who went and did the challenge, but, and they miss one of the letters, and they ask Tom and Tyler, like, essentially, like, ask Tom and Tyler, and they just gave it away, and then there was the dynamics of Jerome giving Viv and Joey the letters, and then, but them not giving it to Tom and Tyler, so, like, that was, like, a weird, awkward moment where they get the letters, but then don't share it with anyone, and it was just really interesting to see what was happening here. Like I wasn't quite following who was in an alliance with who or who wants to work with who, but like it was crazy. Yeah, I suppose that's the one positive thing I would say is that the alliances have felt really fluid throughout. You'll have certain pairs who won't work together at all. Um, but yeah, I suppose that you we've kind of we had Sid and Ash and Tim and Rod as a thing, but then in this episode we saw the boys and Tim and Rod working together. Uh, the fact that, yeah, the deadly duo and Viv and Joey were like, let's not help the boys because they're doing so well. There was, yeah, I agree. There was a lot going on and that was definitely interesting. I think the real positive about this was even if you got all the letters, you still had to go up in the um, little plane thing and do the challenge. So, yeah, that's definitely something we've criticized before, that they should at least have to do something if another team's giving them the clue. In this episode, we got that. So I suppose it's it's more excusable than um, what we've seen previously. Yeah, I was thinking as I watched them get the letters and Viv say like, oh, I got to go up to like confirm that those are the letters or something like that. Like I was like, Colin will feel happy that she's actually doing the challenge instead yeah. of uh, just getting a buy. And then obviously once you get the letters, you have to unscramble it. So there was a little bit of kind of more work than just like, oh, that's what you're doing. Like it's it's in a random order. So you had to scramble it and some smart plays by some of the teams like Sid and Ash, they grabbed a map in the local area and they were looking in that to see what they could find versus like Nick and Femi, who I remember like them just asking random street people. Just driving straight off. <laughs> yeah. And asking people if they can unscramble this word for them. Like just it, the, the play, the playing of it was funny to see all the teams handle it their own way. Yeah, I think and what about this too is, um, the fact that there were like multiple things that had like the clue name on it. So we had like teams going to the McCooney Big Five Safari, but they need to go to the village. Um, so it was nice that we got another element of potential confusion here. Because at the start, apart from Nick and Femi, it felt like it was going to be really easy for everybody to find where they were going. And then when I think it was Jerome and Jasmine, they went to the safari, which wasn't the place they were supposed to go to and Sid and Ash arrive there and then they're like let's work together for this leg and it was just a little awkward because they both tried to go against each other at points and it's it just really interesting and at first I was like why are we even seeing this but then it obviously will come into play a little bit later at the intersection uh, but yeah it was very interesting how this all sort of broke down and some teams just knew that the village was where they had to go. It was just weird that they kind of knew that, but I guess I guess they were lucky on that. And so they get to the intersection, which is the worst intersection in the history of 
intersection challenges. I don't remember all of them, but it was bad. Uh, they had to do the instruments, like they had to pla- practice this song, which was just mm. not very complicated of a song. And there was no distinction between practice and performance. And I, it was just a mess. I loved, I loved the woman that was giving them the clue. She just strolled up like all funky. And then uh, I loved, she was the best part of the episodes for me. I loved her. And I like that we saw an intersection. We don't really get that much in the U.S. version these days. So it was kind of nice to have an old school race mechanic here in, in this season. Yeah, this surprising i felt like there was so much more room like we saw a little bit of the drama with jerome and jasmine already pairing up with the boys instead of sid and ash but that's clearly the logical decision for any team uh, at that point getting to a challenge where you didn't know what it was to start with um but yeah i agree this was the worst intersection i think we've ever seen um this was up there with roadblock territory in being not a challenge at all the fact that they everybody was playing the same like two notes pretty much and oh but they have to play in time i'm like yeah but they're playing like the, the same everybody them the people accompanying them everybody's playing the same two notes back and forth it was just really bad and i and it was disappointing because as you say like we don't see the intersection very often i'm thinking back to um the australia versus new zealand season where the intersection was where they had to go through like the laser course um we've just there's been good intersections and like why would you give something that's just only like a pair of teams can attempt it at a time which is an issue in itself and then that it's just so simple and easy i just it it really felt like an afterthought to include it it didn't feel like it was planned out it's almost like they just got to this village and saw people playing instruments on the side of the road and was like hey we can add in a challenge here just, yeah, any other element in this leg would have been better to have as the intersection. Have one of the detours as the intersection. Have them um, plow together or, or um, build their fences together. Or just, it was bad. And that's, I think that was my issue with this episode is, like you've said, the dynamics were good, but the challenges themselves to me were really, really boring and, and, and not really interesting to watch. Yeah, because I love the part where you know, Sid and Ash, or Tom and Tyler get there first, and they're waiting, and then Sid and Ash get there, like, almost equally as the time Jerome and Jasmine get there. And, like, it was crazy, like, Sid and Ash, like, immediately jump on, like, work. let's work with Jerome and Jasmine, not the strong guys. And then they're like, no, we're gonna work with the guys. And it's it just crazy. And I, originally, I thought it was gonna be where Tom, Tim and Rod arrived right after the uh, Tom and Tyler, so I thought they were going to be, just because of the edit, I thought they were working together, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be crazy to think that Jerome and Jasmine are going to work with Sid and Ash, on, like, have no choice but to work with them on a challenge and stuff. Like, I just thought that, was, the whole thing of that was just really interesting to watch, because I don't think we would normally get that in a U.S. season. They would just be like, all right, we're working with you. I don't hate, I, Kara, I don't I hate you, but we're going to work together. Like, here was interesting to see that they actually cared a lot about who they worked with. Yeah, I think especially in a leg where you only have six teams left, if, like, it was earlier in the race where you know that, like, you're going to have multiple options, but here, like, it's such a close race, you just want to get ahead any way possible. 
the fact like it's an intersection and you have to wait, like like you think you would just be running and whoever's already there just straight away get to them and be like, yep, yeah, let's work together, whatever it is. Unfortunately, the challenge could not live up to the <laughs> dynamics that it set up, but uh... catchy tune though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should open with that in the mm. episode. Do, 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 do. But they also get their chat, uh, get the thing for the detour, which they have to cultivate or separate, which was the fence building versus the uh, plowing. I immediately thought of my ox is broken when I saw the animals. I was like, uh, please don't have a repeat of that, but nothing like that. Uh, the challenges weren't that interesting, but I thought that it was interesting to see what teams kind of went for. Like, and what I thought would be the easier challenge was actually the harder challenge, and not too many uh, interesting moments. But the judging was a little strict, it seemed like, because Tom and Tyler really struggled to get their line straight in a row, and they ended up leaving later despite being first done, like first getting there and stuff. So, I'm in the fence building taking so long and Sid and Ash having their infighting and more so the moments in the challenges because the challenges were kind of dull. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it was nice to see a judge be harsh, although like it was really hard visually to see that their lines like weren't straight. Like just everything looked wonky and, and not good enough. So maybe this was, I don't know, like they needed an aerial shot or something. I was just surprised uh, that... Viv and Joey chose like the ox as as their option. Like as, as soon as they arrived, I'm like they're gonna pick like the the fence thing to do, um, because like the ox is as tall, if not taller than them. Um, but you know they plowed through it, um, got it done. But yeah, really boring. The highlight was definitely like the judges. Um, I think one was it one of these judges who was handing the clues to everybody upside down. Somebody was throughout the episode that was funny. And then we had Jerome and Jasmine, like, once again, being, like, the most respectful team ever <laughs> when they're building this fence. Like, this is going to be used for, like, a married couple. We've got to do it properly. Like, thank you so much for having us in your village. Uh, and then, as usual, <laughs> then Sid and Ash just being the complete opposite of, like, just build this stupid fence. I don't care. Cut it later. Who cares if it's got, like, all these... Um, uncut ropes hanging off it, like, it's fine, just get it done. Yeah, that was just so funny, the dynamics of the two teams, like, especially because what Jasmine was apologizing for the milk earlier this season, and Mm -hmm. she's just always so respectful of where she is, and I think she does it later in the second episode of the week, too. Uh, But I still love them, they're so great. I was also really surprised to see how well Tim and Rod did at this challenge. Like, I just, they were the first ones done, I remember. And uh, they've definitely been excelling a lot more in these later episodes than they were at the beginning. But it, it it's good to see some teams come out of the woodwork now. And we get our cliche messages from home. Uh, we love them a little oh, I bit. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Was it more or less glamorous than the gas station or petrol station, if you will, from Amazing Race Canada? I think more. At least it was just in their car, uh, and they were already. They didn't have to drive to a gas station in um, Zambia. Yeah, just yeah. I don't know, weird. I just always like 
I understand, like, yeah, people probably get homesick, but I just think of this compared to, like, Survivor, like, time-wise, particularly, like, Australian Survivor, like, if you were out there for 50 days, potentially, and, like, they've been gone for, like, like, how long now? Like, a week or something? Maybe a bit longer. Maybe, like, a week and a half. Um, And I suppose for, like, the team, like, Jerome and Jasmine with, like, their side, and that's probably a bigger deal, but, like, the other teams, I'm like, you've been gone for a week. Like, how often do you see these people in real life? Yeah. Uh, any standouts? Any message standouts for you other than their child, Jerome and Jasmine's son? Um, I thought Tim and Rod's mums were fun. Um, getting them on next season. Uh, looking forward to Blood versus Water, Amazing Race Australia. But, yeah, other than that, n- nobody stands out from memory. It was a little awkward seeing some of them like staring at what they're supposed to be reading, like get your way to the falls and you will find your next clue or something like whatever the message they had to deliver a little bad, but I think the teams only had one like loved one as well. Like Tom and Tyler was one of their dads. And like, so the other one person just gets nobody. <laughs> Are you just weird that they didn't tee it up so that everybody had like at least somebody I think like Nick and Femi had like sisters and then a mutual friend and then obviously Tim and Rod had like their moms and Jasmine and Jerome like obviously it was going to make sense that it was just like their family but it's just weird yeah that you have like a team with just hey here's somebody who's you know but is not like your specific loved one because he couldn't be bothered to or couldn't figure out a time to get everybody together I could just felt like a real oversight uh what was your um what was I going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. What, when a, whoever's dad, of whoever got the one for Tom and Tyler, mm-hmm. I noted that it was like, blah, blah, his father and uh, AFL legend or something like that. Are you familiar with who? No. Um, but I'm probably not the best person to ask. Like, I don't follow AFL or watch it. So, um, I don't know. People who do, did you know who that was when he popped up on screen? Send us in a message. Yeah, because I was like, legend. I was like, well, I I clearly don't know. Maybe someone else will know, but clearly no, you don't know either. So, gearing up for, um, well, season five, Spod versus Water. So then season six of The Amazing Race Australia which will be um, champions versus contenders. <laughs> yeah. He's the next champion try. <laughs> you always need one footy person, so. And so they... So they uh, have to get their next message. This is where they get the boat ride and they have to go to the the massive falls over there and they have to get their clue which is really nothing but the challenge is if you come when the boats aren't there you have to wait 45 minutes possibly uh which only happened to one team sit in ash and then they had to sit and argue about what they were doing that race or that leg and which was interesting but necessarily the most fun they're just arguing uh the visuals were super cool at this point like i love seeing a lot of the the visuals of the falls and the gorge and the and the rivers and stuff that they had to travel and stuff. But other than that, it was really nothing as a challenge. It just had to go 
click their clue. Yeah, it seemed weird that they only had to pick up a clue here. Like, this was somewhere to maybe throw in a, a task, although I understand, like, we'd had a lot this episode, so... Um, or just put the pits out there. Yeah, right? I suppose I wanted the drama of the boats not being there, but... Yeah, it felt very kind of back and forth, um, which is a good um, promo for both of these legs, considering Zim Zam, uh, Zimbabwe to Zambia, to back to Zimbabwe. Um, I just felt this was a point where they'd done really well this episode with checking in with all the teams and, and knowing where everybody was, and that's been like a little bit of a complaint throughout the season. And I felt at this point was where like we lost it again. Somehow, like, Tom and Tyler get there first, even though they didn't leave the detour first. And then Tim and Rod are right on their heels, which made sense, but I don't know how, like, they fell behind. And then I swear we did not even see um, whoever was right in front of Sid and Ash. I swear I didn't even see them hop on boats or arrive at the place, and then suddenly they're at the falls, and then Sid and Ash are there. I'm like, wait, like, how did they get ahead of them? And what's happening here? just felt like at this point I needed to see, like, every team arrive and hop on a boat, get to the falls, hop back on a boat. Like, there just needed to be, like, a little bit more cuts of the teams in or just some flashing up of where, like, people were coming instead of, oh, um, Jerome and Jasmine and uh, Viv and Joey are somehow at the falls, but you didn't see them arrive and hop on a boat, but they're there now. It was just really confusing to know where people were and, like, the order was just all over the shop at this point. This may have been the worst we've seen of that situation. Like, we complained episode one and two that this was happening, but there were 11 slash maybe 10 teams at that point in the race. This was six teams, and we knew where, like, three of them were. Like, why did we not know where other three of them were? Like, it was just a mess. I just think, like, the boats, too, didn't help because you had Tom and Tyler, like, sitting in their boat waiting to go back and then Tim and Rod shop and they're like hey take your time like have a look and they're like no we just want to get back on this boat and then I don't think they ended up on the same boat but like it was difficult to tell that they're on the second boat and then you had four teams like later on like two three teams on the same boat there was just a a lot a lot a lot happening (laughs) and then it only got more confusing because there was a little bit of switch up of order and then like getting to the the pit stop was even like more confusing because some teams arrived like seconds after each other, but they looked further apart earlier. And then some were getting lost, and but they some took the long way. So it just got all messy when they were getting to the pit stop. Like we sort of could see the teams like they were in these two part chunks, really. But it, it just got so confusing, like to keep track of this stuff. Like, um, but the the pit stop kind of. And exit or no, getting to the pit stop was really interesting. Like they had to go through this reserve and they couldn't really run, which second time they've used this no running mechanic in the Amazing Race Australia. But it was really interesting to see like some of the teams like doing their power walks, trying to catch up, like uh, Tim and Rod trying to catch up to the guys, try to get their win. And then, you know, the, the fight between the deadly duo and the Instagrammers at the end and everything. So I thought that was interesting, not necessarily the most fun but i thought it was something that added to the episode instead of just kind of getting to the pit stop checking in kind of deal yeah definitely for something that like every time you have this mechanic of you can only walk there's potential for it to be really boring and not work at all but in this instance it definitely worked i loved the um like foot races to the pit stop and like 
they had to stay on the path and they couldn't go directly there and then walking through the elephants, but were they really walking that close to elephants? Like we didn't see any of the teams walk through them. There was just a lot. And even like the signage for this pit stop, it was just like the elephant cafe. Like that could be like, you'd think there'd be more than one spot in the country probably called that. I'd imagine that'd be like a fairly common name for a cafe. Um, it was just very like off to the side and, um, I don't know. It just was hard to tell what was happening. I loved the moment where the deadly duo get lost and, like, we're going the wrong way. So then they turn around and go the other way. Then they meet up with people and they're like, no, it was actually back the other way. Uh, and then this race to the pit stop where Sid and Ash are ahead of them and then they try to overtake and then they block them so that they can't go past. <laughs> and then at this point, you're like, Sid and Ash are going to get they like they get to the place first and like well like obviously they're going to check in first because it's this walking mechanic and then one of the two of them gets like shut in the car and they're locked <laughs> and they can't get out and then um Sid gets um shut in like the boot like Ash closes the boot on his head and it just like there was so much happening and they were so angry and then once again like they're trying to cheat and oh we would well, let's just like cut across and then oh no it says in the clue we have to follow the path and like but who cares like let's just cut across the field um it was just like the perfect ending to the leg that it was these two teams that have this really intense rivalry and the fact we got this order change in a, in a walking only to the pit stop uh, that was there when it's not like you had to find it, it was like there follow the path um, like it was a lot more than I think uh, producers were hoping for when they planned this out. Yeah, I, everything that was happening to Sid and Ash was just so good. Just the locked in the car moment. <laughs> My doors, like it's such classic, and everybody taking their bags. I'm like, just leave your bags in the car, right? Chuck them yes, to the side, that, like teams normally do. And this gets that the bag thing gets even worse. I have some comments about the bags next episode, but. Uh, yeah, it's just such an unexpected end to this uh, to this leg. It was not what I would expect on a walk, like you said, like a walking only part of the the, the game. But like, it gave us so many moments, and while the, in the order change, some teams were getting there first, but like checking in second, and, and vice versa. It was just interesting that this kind of happened the way that it did. Uh, no surprise about who checks in first, though. We had our was this their fifth or sixth? No, fifth. Fifth um, first place finish for Tom and Tyler, right? Um, yes. One, two, yeah, fifth. I know they missed one for sure, but I don't know if they missed two. They missed two. It was like leg five and six. Last week was not a great week for them, but um, oh, okay. yeah, back <laughs> to the status quo with a first place again. <laughs> All right, so they're back to their... Uh, original position the first uh, Tim and Rod coming up there catching up uh, and then pretty standard for the rest of the teams but uh, such an interesting episode but the drama continues as this was a predetermined non-elimination leg and Sid and Ash are still in the race I was expecting it were you oh I knew like 100% was happening um, I kind of thought that maybe we would have got one uh, last week, but to me, it really makes sense that they like, who knows what they knew at the time, but 
organizing stuff so that you have the non-elimination leg on a Monday night and then straight away on the Tuesday you have a follow-up, I think is really smart um, planning and just it's nice to like get the closure by like the end of the week. I think ending on like the non-elimination on a Tuesday night um, would be like frustrating having to wait until like the Monday to see like what happens, but having them back to back, I think is really smart planning and, and something that works really well. Yeah. It's been good the way that they've set it up. And I, uh, despite the fact that I don't watch it live, it's been good to have the two episodes. It really picks up the pace and makes an elimination. Like it's a lot easier to deal with. Yeah. I think overall, like the format of the two nights a week has worked really well. And I think if this had been a one episode a week um, season, like I feel like we definitely would have had like fatigue, I think, at this point. Um, I think it helps out if like the race, if you have a leg that's not super interesting, the fact you've got a potential like follow up the next nine, you don't have to wait too long between episodes, I think makes a season that could otherwise be bland work out well. If this was a once a week show, we would currently be on episode four, which was um, Rora and Amani going home after their non-elimination. Oh, it would have been a good episode with the incense sticks. Oh, yeah, the drama of <laughs> the scales and everything. Mm. So this week would have been good, but then we would have had to deal with last week's non-elimination leg of Rowan and Amani. Mm. So, but yeah, the two episodes have been great. Uh, the episode's... The formatting of everything has been really good so far. Uh, some of the race issues are still there, but uh, and I don't even want to get into the fact that Bo tried to hug four people at once this episode. Um, the hugging is well and truly back. Yeah, like I it went away for a little bit, but it has come back with a vengeance. Um, at least he's kind of like setting it up a bit better now and and asking for some permission before he goes in for the hug, but um. I think it's it's here to stay at this point. <laughs> yeah, if anything we learn, just ask if you want a, a hug. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's trying to become his thing. Like he's trying to make it his own special like thing, but it's it's not working for us. Uh, I don't think it's taking off. I think if like. If, like, a new country decides to start the, their own version of the Amazing Race, if, like, New Zealand does, um, I don't think they're looking to, like, Bo as, like, the model of, we've got to put on all the Amazing Race staples in. Um, when teams check in at the pit stop, make sure you hug them, because that's what Bo does. Um, I think it's well and truly going to be his own thing for as long as the, uh, the format continues. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and you know he's hugging the winners extra enthusiastically. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> after he pauses to tell them not your team number one in grant bowler amazing fashion yelling in their faces when they run into the pits up everybody's cheering so it's obvious but then tom and tyler you are the first team to check into the <laughs> final pit stop bring it in guys you may not even say it he'll just go in and grab one of them up like a lift yeah. tom up in the air or whatever individual hugs to make it even more awkward uh okay two things before we get into the second episode of the week i wanted to ask are we set that like tom and tyler have this thing down on lock at this point it really feels like it i just there's nothing that 
like they've been really bad at. You look at the legs where they've struggled and they finished what second and fourth is like is their worst. It's gonna take something major. Like I feel you just it's I don't I just don't know what they're gonna struggle at. They seem to do all right at, at everything. I think obviously physically their heads and shoulders above everybody else in the competition. Navigation wise, they just seem to get to places really easily. And then I don't know, like the the mental challenges is not like we've had heaps apart from counting, but they don't don't seem to struggle at that either. So unless they're giving something really specific that helps another team, like the nursing challenge for the nurses, <laughs> um, which wouldn't surprise me if they struggled at anyway. <laughs> or the, the well, we can't even have the social media challenge for the influencers, um, but. I just yeah like where like where are they going to trip up at this point? It's going to take like I think them being U-turned really badly. Um, they need like a U-turn and a time penalty for some reason. <laughs> like I just I just don't know how they're going to get out at this point. And then my other thought, um, you may not have known. Also, it's tough with the Monday episode the way it is. But was there any sort of public outrage at the fact that? Sid and Ash were saved by a non-elimination leg. I didn't look at it, but I'm sure, like, there would have been. Like, even within my own household, like, I didn't watch this episode with my family, but I came back home and they're like, I can't believe that Sid and Ash, it's all, it's all scripted, this, that, whatever else. I'm like, okay, like, let's hop off that train, because if it was scripted, then we're getting a non-elimination leg when the nuns come last. Um, I just, yeah, I, the outrage against them, I think, is funny. They haven't done anything too bad apart from the stealing dumplings from nuns uh, and, like, their hypocrisy when other teams, quote-unquote, cheat. But I think we've really needed them this season as, like, the villains, uh, if you want to call them that, because everybody else seems to be so, like, nice to one another. And I think losing um, Chris and Adrian early on, we kind of, like, we lost the team that was filled with drama between one another so I think they've added a lot to the race and I was glad that um they were saved um in the past in uh, leg seven yeah I was too I've definitely been they've definitely gotten a lot better over the the episodes like it feels less forced and they feel really natural about what they're saying and doing and stuff yeah so let us get started with episode eight the second episode of the week which started off unexpectedly, I will say. And do you know why it started off unexpectedly? No idea, because we were in a different country. No, it was because they didn't start with their traditional root info task. It started what with is... a roadblock. Oh, the, like, the fact that we've got roadblocks in D2 is in like both of these episodes. It's like the race is live and they've been listening to the podcast about our complaints. Yeah, they managed to stick through the first r- rough recording and stayed through to listen to what we had to say and change. Yeah. Yeah, but I was just so shocked. I was like, they opened the clue. It's not a rude info. It's it's a roadblock. It was totally unexpected and classic Amazing Race Challenge. It's a jumping off something to do it. Uh, no frills, no anything crazy. Uh, the speed bump was a little bit crazy, but other than that, standard Amazing Race Challenge. I enjoy them. I think that they're always a fun staple to have on the race, like a feared challenge. And 
it's even better when someone's terrified of it. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have that one here, but still a, a great challenge. I agree. I love the added element of them having to do a handstand for some unknown reason before they get pushed off. Unless Although, you're, uh, unless Joey. you're Joey, Joey, right? <laughs> um, which no explanation as to why, like, <laughs> like where there's there a height requirement um, if you're going to do the handstand. It was just really awkward that he was the only person who didn't do it, and he only had, like, one... Like, maybe it was that one of the safety supervisors went away because he only had the one person standing out there on the platform, so maybe he didn't have somebody to hold his legs and then another person to shove him off the edge. Uh, but I just it was so weird that they, they had to do the handstand. Like, it wasn't brought up as, like, a thing in, like, the clue or anything. And, like, no, just an added element... Um, but I mean, I was here for it. I think, think it, if anything, it kind of makes it a bit easier if you don't have to jump off yourself and um, you kind of have no say once you're in the handstand position that somebody's going to shove you off the edge. Yeah, it was very odd to watch. I guess that's the way they have to do it for maybe the specific cliff edge or something. Who knows what? Mm -hmm. Definitely very odd. I was hoping more people would freak out about it, but... Um... The people that were freaking out about it luckily didn't have to do it. Like I think Viv was some like one of the people that was freaking out, and I think Jasmine looked very concerned that she that she was lucky that she didn't have to do it and stuff. So no major freak out, but um, and then we also get the speed bump, which is another sort of adaptation of the challenge that they already have to do, just making it a little bit more complicated or harder. And this time. It's not a roadblock, it's a, a rude info task, and they both have to jump into the, the gorge uh, way easier than the one that freaking Rawa and Amani had to do. Like, the speed bump is supposed to, like, give you an extra challenge, but not too... But, like, they had it easy. Like, this was easy compared to the other speed bump this season. Yeah, I agree. And, and the fact that the last speed bump, we were praising that idea of maybe because speed bumps are stupid and weird like you just make it tuck it into like a normal task and they have to do it more difficult to kind of not detract from the race but this i think didn't work because like it wasn't like yeah a massive time penalty for them it was really easy i think also the fact that it didn't play out this way because they were like the last to get there i think um but the fact that they could have got ahead of other teams while doing the speed bump, like, oh, well, this is an order thing and we have to do our speed bump, so you have to wait for us to finish our speed bump before you can jump off the edge, I thought was bad race planning. Luckily, it kind of didn't pan out to be terrible. But, yeah, I feel like the mechanic worked last time, but this, like, maybe it needed to be somewhere else where they had to build an extra swing set or make two servings of the food. Um, just wasn't the right spot to put it, I don't think. Yeah, definitely not the right challenge. Or even find... Did we have any root info tests? I don't think we did. This Maybe they had to carry more water on their head or something. Like, mm -hmm. there definitely could have... There are way better... This is the worst place that they could have put it. Or maybe there were more poaching items that they had to find or something like that. They had to find seven or something. Like, there were way better places to put this. Like, mm. I, I mean, think it could have worked if you'd had somebody who was really scared of doing it, and that's probably what they were thinking, putting it here, of, oh, it's a roadblock, and they're going to pick the daredevil to do the challenge, but plot twist, the speed bump's going to make them both do it. Um, but you just didn't get that with Sid and Ash. Like, she did it fairly easily. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they were the one that got the speed bump versus, like, you know, another team that would have definitely struggled. So 
uh, unfortunate, but they managed to catch back up pretty quickly. Um, and so they get their next task, which they have is a root info now. Whew, back to normal. Yeah. Uh, where they have to find these poaching supplies, evidence of trace poachers in the area, which is all very set up and fake. But uh, you have to find the five or so items that were left out. And this is where I got annoyed. The teams are running around with their bags on. Like, these last two legs, they're driving. So it's not like they're waiting with the cab. Like, leave them in the car and then walk around in the hot African sun without your bag on. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why you have teams are running around with their bags on for no reason when they're just going to get back in their car. Like, worst case scenario, they need something for the challenge, like a rope or a map or a calculator or a puzzle or so- whatever. They can go and get it. It's not that hard. I just don't know why teams are running around with their bags on all the time. Yeah, I didn't love this as a task either. The fact that it's something we've seen before in, uh, I think it was like one of the US seasons. Um, It didn't feel original at all. I didn't like it that it was all kind of within the contained area. I think on the US it was like a specific trail that they went on and they were potentially like riding horses or something. it just felt really weird that it was all in the same area and they were just searching around with, like, a guard guiding them, but it was in, like, this contained spot where all the teams were at once. Um, I just felt like there was no... I don't, like... Just with the trail, like, worked for it with, okay, you're looking at either side, you've gone past something, you have to do the whole thing again. Whereas here, they're just wandering around in this however-by-however-many-meter plot looking for things. Um, there was just, like, nothing interesting apart from jerome and jasmine nobody struggled on it the only other thing we got was joey and viv arguing over whether it was a hatchet or an axe um <laughs> but like obviously it didn't wasn't gonna matter because you had teams calling the bullet shells that like bullet shells is ammunition is it like there was i just it was really bad <laughs> it was not interesting to watch you didn't know where any of these items really were in relation to where the teams were either um, and we didn't see the teams finding everything. Was it they pairing up at this point? I don't know. I don't think so. But it felt like another challenge where it was really easy to just give away answers to other teams. I think what made it hard was that some of the objects were so small. Like you could see the axe or hatchet, whatever you want to call it, um, obvi- easily. But like the bullets were hard to see. Like, you know, Jerome had to step on them to see them kind of thing. So I thought that added challenge to it. Like it wasn't like, Here's this red tin can, like, oh, I see that. Like, it was a little more complicated, especially because it blended in a little bit better with the surroundings. But yeah, nothing super interesting to watch. Like, the most interesting thing about it was when Tim and Rod are leaving and Sid and Ash, like, ask them what they have to look for. So, like, this alliance kind of coming back into play. And then Tim and Rod give them, like, three of the items or something or or just allude to, like, it, it could be this, or whatever. Uh, and then other teams were upset that they did that, but <laughs> whatever. Right? They just hate sitting Ash. Mm-hmm. And it ended up helping Sid and Ash out a lot, because they ended up, like, catching up because of this. Like, this really helps them uh, move ahead. Obviously, they still get eliminated this episode but uh not because of the fact that they got ahead here uh, and so we also get the fast forward 
at some point, I don't know if this was before or after, or it was after the um, the roadblock, but uh, I forgot about it. Uh, Tom and Tyler go for the roadblock, uh, ah, fast forward, uh, which is the the uh, dung sorting challenge. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> they had to sort the animals based on a small description. <laughs> What a challenge. <laughs> it worked, though. I think, like, this, I just, I'm all here for the really stupid, dumb challenges, like climbing mountains in Yeti costumes and grabbing clues at the top. Those are your real traditional things that happen every day in these countries. Um, it was great. And we saw, like, like, maybe this is what we need for Tom and Tyler to fall apart, sorting challenges with instructions. Where, like, finally they were, like, getting a little bit annoyed at each other with what order are we going to go in? Should we just do it one by one? Are we doing what's most obvious first? There was some, like, glimpse of them potentially falling apart, which we haven't seen throughout. And, like, for them was just, like, if it was another team, they probably wouldn't even showed it because it wasn't that big a deal. Um, but oh, just, yeah, what a, what a fast forward. Good choice. And there were, like, obviously you said they were freaking, they were kind of getting at each other's throats. They were arguing a little bit. They didn't quite know what they were going to do and how they were going to sort it out. And then I felt like this was the most personality we've seen from them, too, because one of them was, like, putting dung down the other one's shirt, and the other one, as they were leaving, threw it at their back. And they were just more personable than they have ever been on this race so far. Yeah, I think it probably helped that they were like so far out in front. They knew that once they finished this, they were kind of guaranteed to do well in this episode. Uh, with with their um, the girls gone, their crushes that was definitely going to work out and be an amazing love story. Um, we need to see some more personality from them. So I'm glad that we got it this episode. So then we get to the big talking point, which I have a lot to say about. Uh, so as some of the teams were navigating to their next challenge. Uh, we get talked about this very infamous speed limit rule. And teams are not allowed to go over the speed limit at any point, or they'll suffer an, an unknown amount of penalty time. Uh, when is this a rule? Since when is... Yes, I know that... Breaking the speed limit is a law and it's like a legal issue. But, you know, it's kind of the case of if you don't get caught doing it, like when is it? Teams have sped off in every country imaginable on the U.S. version. Why is this any more ridiculous than anything else? Like, so they went five miles ahead of the speed limit to catch up on some teams. And then their penalty was an hour? Like, that is... It was ridiculous. I I hated this so much. I felt I thought at first I was like, oh, teams are calling it this rule just to like as <laughs> it's, it's this scales thing all over again. Well, I thought it was more so like the producers were like, hey, say this is a rule so that more people will hate Sid and Ash. Like, oh, they're breaking the rules again. Like typical Sid and like just to get on, but it's an actual rule apparently, and they get an actual penalty at the pit. Like it was, I hated this so much. Yeah, it felt really weird. Um, 
because like you say it's such like a common thing like it's not a obviously a good thing but of, of teams kind of speeding round places to overtake each other like has this been a rule throughout the entire race i mean they haven't driven anywhere but like what's the difference between their cab driver speeding and them speeding like where where do you draw the line how are you enforcing this what's the time penalty is it just a, like if you speed at all thing or is it dependent on how like much you go over the speed limit um clearly like they shouldn't have done it if everybody knew it was really obvious it's not like it came out of left field that they got a penalty because every other team seemed to know about it and at this point they weren't even in last place so like it was just a bad decision um but then looking back, like last episode, we had Jerome and Jasmine try to overtake Sid and Ash. So obviously, if everybody could only go the speed limit, then when they tried to overtake, they were speeding. So I just feel like it would be really hard to police, like, and, and what's like your leeway either side of the speed limit. Um, but at the same time, I see that like it was really obvious that this was written into their contract or part of like the specific rules for this leg. Um, but I think if you're going to penalise them on this, then there's got to be penalties for like other massive infringements, like turning around the scales, um, stealing other people's dumplings. Um, it felt like Amazing Race Australia, you could just do whatever you want. Um, but now they've drawn the line at speeding um, on dirt roads with nobody else on them. And what's the penalty if you're like, the driver's like trying to navigate at the same time, like they're like, oh, what's that sign say? And they're like, accidentally going over the speed limit like there seems to be no yeah like policing of it like how do you deal with this and like the penalty should not be an hour for like going what five kilometers over or something like it it was just unnecessary and i think a fair enough that like you said it was an established rule based on all the teams talking about it but like it was the most ridiculous thing. And the hour killed me. I was like, are you kidding me? An hour, like a half hour for standard penalties. You know, people give their shoes away for the like, <laughs> cab bra and they get like half an hour, but they go like a little bit over the speed limit and they're an hour. Like just the, the unfairness of that was just ridiculous to me. Yeah, it just felt really weird having watched so much Amazing Race that, like, it's never really been a thing in, in other seasons, as far as I can remember. Um, it's more so been, like, they've been booked by, like, local police for speeding, or, uh, like, it feels like it's something that has to be kind of, like, police, like, locally rather than, like, the race itself. But, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was in here as a rule. Yeah, teams have gotten in way worse like legal trouble with their local authorities like whether it be a car accident or you know driving into the wrong like part of the country like lucy and amelia did <laughs> uh, like so many things that like could get wrong like they could do wrong like with the country's laws but like they speed a little bit like it was just it was so weird and i wish they had like thrown away a confessional earlier in the episode like as like Tom and Tyler were navigating to the thing or someone was just like, Oh, watch your speed limit. We don't want to break the rule. So we knew because it just came out of nowhere when they were like, Oh, careful. You're speeding. Like they're going to try and overtake you and they're going to break the rule. Like it just came out of nowhere in that moment. Yeah. I don't know if Bo like addressed it earlier, but yeah, it definitely needed to be like put in there. Like even like at the top of like 
episode, like the episode before where they started self-navigating, like as a rule, like while they're driving, they cannot break the speed limit. Otherwise they will incur a one like hour penalty. Um, yeah. Every, like all the races knew about it, but it needed to be kind of flagged earlier. So it didn't feel like it was this really out of left field thing where like you're questioning whether like, are they going to get a penalty here or not? Like it was just, um, not really transparent as to what was happening. Okay. Now that we've gotten the <laughs> elephant dung out of the room, let's move on to the actual episode. Uh, so they get their detour, which they have to kind of go to the school and they're going to either build the two, you know, playground equipment things, or they're going to cook this traditional meal for the children and serve it to them. Surprisingly more, interesting than i was expecting like i didn't expect a whole lot from it and we didn't necessarily get a whole lot from it but the strict judging of the the building thing was interesting like good to have like that the guy was like this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong like for all the teams that even did it like i think everyone got some like wrong checks there so that was good to have that intense judging and then the cooking seemed a lot more complicated than it originally was you have to have the right mixture granted the woman was just telling them what to do a lot of the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, it, it seemed a little bit harder than we would have anticipated. Like, it just seemed like an easy cooking challenge, but it, it was a little bit more intricate with having to do that that porridge mix that was with the right balance of water and flour or whatever it was. All I thought during the episode, though, was, where was Martina? She would have loved a cooking challenge. Right, um... Did she make this dish on Taste of the Race? Um, it just felt like a good detour because, like, classic detour, like, really different challenges and skill sets. Um, I feel like last episode with the plowing and then, the like, building the fence, like, they, it felt like both were really kind of um, not physical challenges but, like, similar, like, skill sets, whereas these um, were really different. Um, I agree. I was annoying that, like, the lady was – the head chef was helping them out throughout. Like, it's not like they got to the end and then it's wrong start again, but I suppose they're not kind of wanting to waste that food if they're feeding the entire village. And then same with, with the building. I think like it was good that the judge was harsh, but it was kind of annoying that he was showing them like specifically what was wrong and what needed to be fixed. Um, it's always better in those challenges where he they just judge and they're like, no. And then the teams have to work out like, what have we done wrong? What do we need to change? Um, but in this, maybe it was like too specific and like intricate that like the handles aren't tight enough on the seesaw. You need to like fix those. Like maybe that's something that teams would have kind of never have figured out if they weren't told. Yeah, it wasn't super attention to detail like some of the other assembly challenges we've gotten. So, uh, and they may not be familiar. They didn't have a case example, I don't think, to set up where you're like, oh, we got to make sure that this is aligned with that. It just seemed like get these. Uh, built enough so that it could withstand the weight of the the children that are going to be using it. <laughs> the kids who got called over and came over so like reluctantly <laughs> to try out their new play equipment. Yeah, the, they did not seem as amused as uh, maybe some of the people would have wanted. Tim and Rod pushing the kids on the swings <laughs> until like the guys like yeah all good and then just just like leave them straight away. <laughs> Yeah, they they didn't care about those kids too much. Uh, But then after this, they get to the pit stop, which is the... Where was the pit stop? Why am I forgetting? 
Some village. Mapala village. Oh, right, right. Okay, I don't know why I was like, but they had to get to the village, which had an additional task to it. They couldn't just arrive at the pit stop. They had to carry these uh, containers of water over their heads with a certain amount, um, and they had to do it the traditional way on the top of their heads. Uh, fortunately, they were able to hold it, um, hold use their hands to steady and stuff, which I I loved when they do these um, kind of additional ro- uh, not roadblock, uh, pit stop challenges. Uh, like I was immediately flashing back to when they had to go through the swimming pool to check in on the U.S. season. Uh, so I just love when they do these kind of fun challenges to add some complexity to it. Like it, instead of just kind of checking in like that. And there was a lot going on with, you know, Viv really struggling, mainly probably because she was too short, but like having that difficulty and having other teams pass. And then at this point, Sid and Ash get their, you know, our penalty. And then it, our, our Viv and Joey and the other teams can be able to catch up and make it in time or is Sid and Ash going to be saved or eliminated. Just a lot of interesting dynamics really happening here that made it so interesting to watch. Like I was glued at this point of the race. Like it just was so intense to see everything happening. Yeah, I agree. It was insane. I think how close everything got, because as soon as Sid and Ash get their penalty, I'm like, well, like, like I think like they're, they're probably gone and it's not even going to be close. Um, just a, yeah, like you said, a lot happening. Um, the boys kind of checking in from like nowhere. I feel like we kind of lost them throughout the episode, and then it was like, oh, like other teams are already carrying water. It's like the like are the boys not going to check in first at this point? Like I'm thinking in my head, which was stupid, but I'm like they're going to have to carry the buckets of water as well to the pit stop. Um, just yeah, it seemed like it was a lot. The walk to the pit stop was a lot further than um. Like, I initially thought either that or the teams were really close together throughout, like, the entire leg, and that's what made it seem close. But the fact that Sid and Ash and Joey and Viv get to the place at the same point, and then granted Joey and Viv start walking off in the wrong direction, which um, they're kind of prone to do. (laughs) Uh, But then the fact that Sid and Ash, they arrive at the same time, they get done really quickly, they have an hour penalty, and then it takes Joey and Viv, like, 50 minutes to get to like the pit stop from where they got dropped off to start. Um, yeah, just a, another challenge that I think producers probably didn't think was going to be as exciting or as difficult as, as it turned out to be. And just um, a, li- a little bit unfair, I think, difficulty wise for Viv and Joey, but um, it was uh, just really exciting to see like them um, pushing through and then getting overtaken and then the times counting down. I just thought it was a really exciting ending to the leg. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Tom and Tyler were just so out of it. Like, they did not feature them at all. And there was this one moment where they said something like, we should be good on track to get to the pit stop and check in first or something like that. And they're like, famous last words. And I was like, oh, are they teasing that they're going to get eliminated this episode? Are they teasing that they're going to be traveling in the wrong direction? Like, it just it was a little weird the way that they handled Tom and Tyler and to all of this. But yeah. All the dynamics of that, like Sid and Ash, and they were so close too. Like it was like less than a minute between Viv and Joey checking in and them finishing their penalty. Like it was that close, the the ending. So it, it was crazy. And then that is really it for this uh end of the race. I thought it was very interesting to hear that 
Sid was like, this race just brought us closer together. Uh, we know each other better now. Um, and then flash forwarding to the news that we've heard recently and very uh, awkward, shall we say. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, just just a tad. Um, yeah, I don't think that the race was a um, great advertisement for their relationship and then everything that's kind of come to transpire since um, I think makes a whole lot of sense when, when you watch the race and the, and the way um, that they interacted throughout. Well, at least they send off on a like more peaceful episode. That's true. There was not a whole lot of fighting this episode um between them which i like all it took was for um one of them to get locked in the car and the other slammed in the boot <laughs> and then that really um yeah got them focused it was a, like they to their credit they did like an amazing leg if like apart from the speedy incident they were on top of everything this leg um to go from like last to second like potentially even first if tom and tyler hadn't have done the fast forward yeah, like there was potential for them to be um, a good team, but like you knew that like they were going to break down at some point, and and uh, yeah, in the end, breaking the rules, um, <laughs> the temptation to break the rules just got the better of them. I'm surprised at how much I actually like enjoyed them. Like at first, they were just kind of annoying. They went against the nuns in episode one. Uh, there's just so much like they just felt forced and everything, and now like I'm. Like, they were getting so much better. They were more interesting. They were doing, like, things, smart things to get ahead. They were, like, smart racers most of the time. Like, they had their struggles. They fought a lot, and they sort of made simple mistakes. But I just thought they were fun to watch. Like, they brought so much to this season. And it's going to be rough seeing, um, you know, happy-go-lucky teams left in the race. Yeah, even their, like, saltiness at the penalty um was just like having them sit right there in like their deck chairs and like <laughs> just be a sid be annoyed like the entire time um it was just really fun to watch we're gonna miss them our influencers mm-hmm. hopefully uh, got some uh, more followers from uh, being on the race yeah. but we'll check in in our preseason predictions to see where we put sid and ash any initial gut feelings or did you cheat and look at them already no, I haven't. I like no idea where I put them. I imagine I probably chucked them a bit higher than than sixth, but um, we'll see. All right, so let's start with Colin. <laughs> so Colin said Sid and Ash would win the Amazing Race Australia. Um, he was quite a bit off, and then and read his history I, books. Yeah, I said that Sid and Ash would come in dead last. <laughs> So funny enough, Colin and I both said that they were are both five places off from the where they actually placed in six. Mm. So we we're both off. Um, you said that Sid and Ash would come in fifth. So you were one place off, and you get the point. There you go, doing well. Um, yeah, I suppose I really could have put them anywhere except for first or last, and I was guaranteed a point here. So looking at our tally, you have five points now. I have two and Colin has one. You are stealing this. Mm, can, is there enough legs to be caught? 
How many points? Uh, one, two, three, four, four. Oh, this, yeah, so there's five points still up for grab. So let's looking at kind of the top five we have now, uh, which is Tom and Tyler, Viv and Joey, Nick, or Nick and Rod, Tim and Rod, <laughs> uh, Jerome and Jasmine, and Nick and Femi. Uh, in my top five, I have four of the top five still left in the race obviously nick and femi are not in my top five but uh, still i have a lot of chance for points you have four or no sorry you have three out of the five you have tom and tyler nick and femi and tim and rod in your top five wait no yes you're right yeah i'm good we're good uh, and colin has four out of the top five in his uh, top five. So he's only missing Tom and Tyler out of the top five. Uh, what possessed him to put them... Where did he reckon they were going to finish? He said Tom and Tyler would come in ninth. Mm. Should he switch them with um, Sid and Ash? He obviously did not uh, take a look at who won the last three seasons of this show to to place his predictions, but oh well, it's like, more exciting that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so looking at next week, Colin said Tim and Rod will be next. You put Nash at fifth, so that's interesting. And I have Chris and Adrian coming in fifth, so points all around. Uh, we also have to rate the episode so uh episode seven and eight are you going to buy rent or bin them um or spit out your tea at them well i'm definitely i think as much as we talked about the dynamics being great coming into this episode uh leg seven i was um definitely going to be in and as much as talking about it as being fun and and the um sh- being locked in the car and shut in the boot um <laughs> is one of my favorite moments i think of the season now um i'm still gonna bin it um so yeah spitting tea on episode uh seven um but episode eight i think was the better of the two challenge wise um and the excitement and drama of the finish so um, I'm going to rent episode eight. Interesting. So to go over my track record of the season, I famously been the first two episodes, bought the next two episodes, rented the last two episodes. And I think I'm going to have another uh, repeat in terms of overlapping the same rating for both episodes. And... Before we went on, I thought this, and I'm sort of trying to go down a little bit, but at the end of the day, I loved both of these episodes, so I'm going to buy both of them. I just loved everything that I brought, and the car thing was just so good. Like You can't not love that moment, so I'm going to buy both, and go in complete contrast of what you thought of the episodes, but I, I still love them, even though the challenges weren't that great. I just thought there was so much to it and it and it made it fun. Like I was just enjoying it, watching it. Like challenges weren't fun, but like it was just fun to watch and like I, I cannot buy it. Uh, but enough. that'll do yeah. But that'll do it for us this week, I think. 
Yeah, we did everything. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, 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 yeah, Jared, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's it's been fun. Looking forward to our the um, voting U-turn um, that's coming up next episode. Should be interesting to see. Oh, they're bringing back all the the callbacks of old Australia seasons. Yeah, if it's if it worked before, it's definitely going to work again. Ooh, all right, predictions. Who's going to get the U-turn? Oh, I feel like you got to think that like Tom and Tyler are up there as a team that everybody like people like, but with them winning so consistently, like to me, like that's like the obvious, the smart move to make here. Um, I'm disappointed that why did Sid and Ash go home in the episode before the vote U-turn? Um, you, like, you know, that this was put in just for them to be like, U-turn, but yeah, I think uh, Tom and Tyler are kind of um, in the spotlight for this one. I agree. Uh, a lot of talk these uh, last two episodes about how good they are and how no one wants to really work with them because they're going to just dominate. But we'll never know. We've been surprised by many things and public votes before, so we'll see how this one ter- shapes out. Uh, but yeah, it's been that'll be it for us. Stay tuned to all things Oz Network. Uh, Whatever's being recorded and put out there. I don't know what it is, but there's stuff to listen to. But listen to us first and and give us five-star reviews. We want only the best ratings. Uh, Whoever left that one star, uh, I hope you'll be pleased with the quality of this episode. If not, leave us another five-star review letting us know that you didn't like it. Yeah, that'll be it. Stay tuned. We'll be back hopefully next week to cover more Amazing Race Australia. Maybe it'll be the best episodes yet. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.